A lot of us was skeptical about NFTs when he first heard about them, but less than a year after creating his own NFT collection, The Littles, the Vancouver entrepreneur has struck a deal with Time Studios to create an original children's series based on his IP. We welcome Will to this episode of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, to talk about his meteoric success in the space and why broadcasters and producers should be paying attention to the hype around Web3. Hey guys, my name is Will and I am the founder of The Littles. Super honored to be able to jump on this podcast with Connie and, and really just dive a little bit more into how this whole thing started. I've been in business for the last 10 years, uh, having been in multiple different industries from food and beverage to event planning to running a carnival, believe it or not to starting a franchise chain as well. So my wealth of knowledge is, is really just really diverse. Um, never really been in too much deep tech, although the idea of it has always been very, very uh, cool and very inspiring because who doesn't like to raise millions of dollars and have multiple millions of valuation for their company? My journey with crypto started four years ago, really dabbling in it but then didn't really do too much with it because I didn't really understand it. It was not until last year of, I would say January, when Beeple sold his painting for $69 million. That's the first time I've ever heard of NFTs. And for me at that point, I was just like, wow, look at this industry full of money launders and scammy stuff. I didn't get it. Not to say Beeple is a scammer, of course. That was just my assumption back then. But then March rolled around. That was when Topshot was taking the internet by storm. And once again, I felt I was a little bit too late, didn't really think and bothered too much into it. It was not until the summer of last year that I heard of NFTs the third time. And that's when I realized that, you know what, if you heard of something once or twice, it could be a fad, but then if it comes back again, it would be foolish for you not to, or for me rather, not to pay some attention to it. Now, I'm the type of personality that I need to have skin in the game to really care, which is why without doing too much research, I just bought my first NFT. And then from there onwards, I was immediately hooked. Within the week, I converted my whole entire crypto portfolio into NFTs. And within the month, I was just all in. and never really looked back ever since. Let's get really granular here because there are going to be some people listening to this who don't know exactly what an NFT is. <laughs> NFTs, it stands for non-fungible token. And simply put, it is giving you ownership of something that is online. It could be a JPEG, art, it could be music. It gives you ownership of this specific asset. Now, you may be wondering, like, why is it worth any anything for that matter. Think back to, let's say, an example of a bottle of Coke. A bottle of Coke is a fungible item. It means that every bottle of Coke is the same. Therefore, the value of it is the same across the board. I can buy a bottle of Coke here in Vancouver. It could cost me a dollar. I could buy a bottle of Coke in the States. 
also a dollar because they are fungible. You can replace it. Now, with non-fungible tokens, NFTs, they are irreplaceable. So what does that mean? That means that if there was a bottle of Coke that was misprinted in 1975, and it is one of a kind, this bottle of Coke can easily be worth tens of thousands of dollars because it's a one of one. I'm not going to be able to get it anywhere else thus giving it the value because it is unique, valuable for collectors out there. With digital, it has always been a problem where you cannot prove ownership of a specific item. And that's the reason why now that there's the technology that allows you to prove ownership of an item, a new industry has popped up. It's one thing to buy and sell NFTs, but it's another to actually create one. How did that come about? Oh, I, I, I've always been a, a creator and I've always been a, a person that loves to create value in the world. Right when I got into NFTs after the first month, I knew I wanted to create something because I'm like, wow, this is such a unique industry. And what really inspired me to create The Littles, which is my NFT project, is through my experience with my little daughter. She's two and a half right now. And at that time, when... I brought her out to the park. I still remember that day where she was just interacting with the world, with the swings and just with other kids in, in a way that is so pure and so raw and magical that in a way I'm like, wow, that is so cool. And that's the exact same feeling that I felt when I first interacted with NFTs, when I was looking at the JPEGs, when I am just going neck deep into the research, figuring things out with my wife, trying to figure out which NFTs to purchase, it just brought back those long forgotten moments of pure fun. And I'm like, you know what? I really want to be able to capture this essence, this emotion and deliver it to the world. And that's the inspiration that really allowed me to create the littles. Can you describe the littles, what the collection looks like. And there's a story here with a theme and the theme is basically based on values. Yeah. What really makes this special, uh, this project so special to me is because I'm able to inject my own personal values, my family's values into this project, having fun, having humility, being inclusive and, and all these things really wrapped into the way that I'm building the littles and this alignment is what allows us to resonate with so many different people out there that believe in the same thing, that believe that there should be positivity in the world, that there should be fun in the world, that we should include people, that we should always be humble and be learning. And for me, the Littles is an extension of that, whether we're building on the experiences such as gaming, such as building our own metaverse experience, entertainment creating our own animation shorts on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, to actually bringing the littles as a project, as a character onto the big screens and our actual partnership with Time Studio as well. All of this is aligned with our values and the mission that we have, which is to bring back that long forgotten moments to our holders, to people who interact with our collection. And to answer your question, the littles itself, just so you know, they're, they're little bears having different forms, uh, whether it's a, it's, it's a bear covered in a night panther costume or a rainbow bear or a glowing bear takes on different forms because that's what I believe that 
you know what, we don't always need to be static. We should always be evolving. How did the interest from Time Warner come about? It really came about the values that we led with. Um, it might sound cliche in a, in a way that, oh, everything needs to be led with your values. But for us, when we built this project, I understand that in order for us to cut through the noise, we must do something different. And in this space specifically, not a lot of people are willing to lead with values. And I think it really helped because I have been in business for the last 10 years. Uh, I've created multiple different culture-driven companies, and therefore I understand the importance of values. And because we were able to be so clear on our values right from the get-go, time president, Keith Grossman, uh, was able to see that right from the get-go. He was attracted by not just the looks of our art, these little cute cuddly bears, but also of what we stand for as a project. And from there onwards, we had multiple different discussion and, and to really share with Keith about what we stand for, what the vision that we have is. And for him, he felt like it passed all his tests and after a few months, signed the contract and made it an official partnership. So had you had any prior contact with the film or production industry in the past, Well, No, that's the crazy thing about Web3 in this world. Six months ago was when I first jumped into NFTs and I had zero connections in the space, nor did I understand animation. All I had was an inspiration and I knew what my values were and what I really wanted to create. And this creativity in this world and the attention in this space right now is, is what really allowed us to propel and, and given us so much different opportunities to create a, this awesome IP. I understand this is only Time Warner's fourth NFT property that they've started developing for television. Can you talk about why traditional broadcasters and producers should be paying attention to the Web3 space if they're not already? For sure. For us, I think that the model itself is flipped on its head. And what does that really mean? It means that in traditional media and in traditional industry itself, it really needs to start from a really, really good pitch, good idea, that needs to go through multiple different gatekeepers all the way up the chain to see whether the studios would be buying this IP. And a lot of times the studios would want to be able to have some sort of track record for this idea before they invest in it. The difference with Web3 is the fact that we built the community first. All you need to do is to have a really awesome IP, really awesome community of people that supports this IP to go ahead and pitch to any other studios because they see the power and the spending power of this community. And there's this network effect or multiplier effect where currently we have 5,500 people that are bought into our NFT collection. There's a multiplying factor to that. They would share it with their friends and family because they are supporters. They're also holding one of our NFTs, which current price is around $1,500 per. So that itself allows us to have a lot more leverage and at the same time allows us as a brand to grow within uh, the Web3 space. So let's touch on how lucrative this is, because since your launch last November, your collection has about 10,000 unique NFTs that live on the Ethereum blockchain. But 
you've reported more than 40 million in secondary sales. How, how much of that goes back to the creator and, and, uh, and take us, take us through that. Totally, totally. Um, so yeah, we have been, we have been having a lot of interest in our project and, uh, have been approached by a lot of studios and also a lot of companies to to bring this to the big screens or any other act- activation for that matter and 40 million in secondary sales we take 2.5 percent of that for the creators which is us and that nets us around 800,000 or, or, or so uh in secondary sales which is like royalties for us our goal and, and what we do is we take the fundings that were that were raised to double double back throw it back and invest it back into the project because my whole vision for the littles as a brand is to grow it into a full-fledged IP brand from merch to animations to gaming to metaverse we want to be able to hit all the different IP routes because that's how we can have and broaden our community base and I believe that's how a, a good IP would be able to be born from Web3. I know the NFT market is highly speculative and we, we hear a lot of stories about, you know, teenagers making these atrocious dollars, designing these things in their bedrooms. But is there a give and take here? What are the high value points if you're interested in collecting NFTs and as an investment? But is there also risk here? Oh, a hundred percent risk. Ninety nine percent, as quoted by Gary V, of the collections would go to zero, and I think that's what makes our collection so attractive, in my opinion, is because we have a solid foundation and partnership with Time Studio, which is a decade plus iconic brand in the world. What does that mean? That means we're not going anywhere. That means we're going to be here for years building out this IP brand. Now, for a lot of other projects, because of how lucrative it is, as you said, a lot of artists, a lot of people, a lot of people in their bedrooms that knows how to make art, that knows the tech a little bit more, that knows how to market, would come up with their own series. But then do they have the vision or ability to execute a project? A lot of them would not have that ability and which is the reason why the the prices would fluctuate quite a bit going up five six hundred percent in a couple days coming back down crashing to only ten percent of the value a month later this is super common so are the littles your full-time job now yeah the littles is my full-time thing like i i actually sold my other two businesses earlier in the year to really focus on this project because I understand what we we have a short window right now to really optimize and to really stake our foothold into the marketplace. And on top of that, what better way to spend your time to build a project with your family? I'm working on this with my wife full time. And on top of that, building something that is inspired by my daughter, building something that will continually Build on the stories that I live, the stories that I personally go through with my family. And I think that itself has so much impact that we can make to the world in in a positive way. Just bringing more positivity to the world, sending good messages, bringing that raw, authentic, fun, magical moments to people around the world that needs a little bit of a safe haven at times. 
What do you think the potential is in the Web3 space? It's incredible that there is this project called Board Ape Yacht Club. Started 11 months ago and recently just raised $450 million at a $4 billion valuation from one of the top venture capitalists in in, in the world, A16Z. That itself is the potential. Being able to build a unicorn of a business in less than 11 months. And we're just getting started. So I, I think there will be multiple different brands from multiple different angles created in the next coming months. As long as you're willing to put in the work, willing to do things right, be authentic, be real, be transparent, and really trying to learn as much as you can within this space. That is your best chance of, of success in this world, in my opinion. A lot of people, I think, feel like the train has already left the station and they've probably missed the boat. In But, but you yourself were sort of a late adapter. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like there's this saying where, you know, the, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago and the next best time is now. Um, I think that the industry itself is not going anywhere. It is just getting started. Look at all the athletes, look at all the celebrities, all the different high profile entrepreneurs out there. Everyone is touching and investing into crypto if we do pay attention. It hasn't switched into mainstream yet. However, when it does do the switch, it would be like a light switch. It's going to happen seemingly overnight. But in reality, it hasn't happened just yet. It is happening. People are placing their bets on the table. This opportunity that we're in right now is just literally getting started. We see that crypto.com, we see that all these big crypto exchanges are paying millions of dollars into sponsorship, into changing stadium title sponsors, NFL, NBA, all the sports leagues are going to have crypto companies as one of their major sponsors moving forward. And we're going to be able to see this um, unfold in front of our eyes in the next few years in a very dramatic way. So back to your question, are we early? Are we late? I think we're more on the earlier side. You and your wife have made a considerable donation to the BC Children's Hospital Foundation from the proceeds of the time deal. Can you tell me about that? For us, this donation meant a lot. To be in a position to give back is the greatest feeling of all time. I have always wanted to give back and we have always been making donations, trying our best to do good in the world in any way, shape or form. But to be able to make a donation of this size is, is a huge milestone for us. It, it means a lot to us because now we can really help people in, in a meaningful way. And on top of that, the reason why we chose BC Children's Hospital is because we are also supporting a cause. We're, we're actually sponsoring the, the first thalassemia registry in Canada. This cause means a lot to us because our daughter, Jordan, the same person who inspired us to create this project, she has thalassemia. And, and it is through the care of BC Children's Hospital that made us realize how, how fortunate my daughter is because she doesn't need any treatment, but vice versa, that there are a lot of other children that go through weekly, monthly blood transfusion, 
just so then that way they can keep healthy and live and try to live a regular life. And for us, because we, we, we are in the position to do so, we want to just play our part. And we, we should say it was $100,000 that you donated. Can you tell us more about what your expectations are from the Time Studios deal going forward? I'm going to be very heavily involved in the whole creation aspect of this animation. To be able to feature uh, my daughter and, and also to, to share my heritage, my roots, uh, being an, an Asian dad uh, in an Asian family and the stories that we go through in North America. I think that itself has a lot of relatability to a lot of other people in my shoes that are trying to raise a young family and, and the challenges that we go through and the excitements and the beautiful moments it really comes back down to the inspiration that sparked this entire project, which was the raw magical moments. And, and it is such an honor to be able to work with one of the top people in the world, Maria Perez Brown, to create such a show. One of the top studios out there. It's, it's, it's incredible. I'm super excited to be able to learn and, and work alongside with, with all these um, industry titans. When you first created your initial NFT last summer, did you ever think that it was going to take you or launch you into you know, a creative position in the film industry? No, not at all. How would I even dare? You know, like, it's, I would never dare to to even think like that, because this industry seems so coveted, seems so mysterious, seems so gatekept, or what that whatever that word is. Um, Never have I ever thought I would ever be involved in this industry involved with Hollywood. And it's an eye-opening experience for sure. And we're just really, honestly, in the very beginning stages of it. So honestly, I don't know how this would unfold. But the fact that there is this opportunity uh, allowing us to make a bigger impact in the world, I think that itself is is something that I'm super excited about. Is there a thought you want to close on, Will? I, I know that the NFT industry is, is scary. It feels like a hairy beast. And a lot of times, if we if we just turn on the light, we open up the wardrobe. There there is no beast. There is no monster in the cupboard. Uh, I think this is the same analogy that I want to bring out is that sometimes we just need to understand it a little bit more before we make that judgment. And, and for me, I'm personally guilty of that. And after I, I learned a little bit more about the industry, I understood, and uh, and it has never ever been the same ever since. So for those of you guys that are listening, that have always wanted to take a peek uh, under the hood or, or check out this industry, I definitely welcome you to do so. And I think that it's it's definitely the future. It's very, very exciting. And if you guys want to, definitely follow us along the journey. Follow me on Twitter. I, I write a lot about NFTs, the creation side of things and whatnot. Uh, my Twitter is at WillXLee. The project, same thing. The Littles NFT is the handle on Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us, Will. Thank you. Thank you, Connie. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud.
I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.